Hey, Cinefans, it's Molly. I'm not your host, but I'm here too. Except in today's episode, I'm not. We had a gaggle of amazing guests for you in today's episode, and so to make sure they had enough time to be hilarious, I sat this one out. We also didn't realize at the time of recording this episode that it would be our last one for the season. But don't be sad. Season six has been confirmed. On behalf of Megan, Ben, Rocket, and myself, we just want to thank you so much for joining us this season. We hope you've enjoyed listening. One final thing, this episode does contain mention of date rape. If you or anyone you know needs help, please visit healthline.com for links to crisis hotlines, help finding a therapist or legal resources, and so much more. Again, thank you so much for joining us this season. Keep an eye on our social media for more updates and info on upcoming live events and find lots of bonus content over on our Patreon. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. So I married a cinephile. Watching movies can take a while And they often go out of style But there's Megan and Ben To tell you what to watch with a smile So I married, I married a cinephile And we're rolling! Hi guys, I'm Ben Farmer and I'm a cinephile. And I'm Megan Carver and I'm a cine newbie. We watch all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know if you should watch them too. Welcome back to another episode of season five of So I Married a Cinephile. Megan, how are you? I'm really good. My thighs are really sore, not from too much dancing, which does happen in the movie we're about to talk about. Um, uh, but I was so, my thighs are so sore. I went to sit down on the couch earlier today and my legs gave out and I just (laughs) fell. How old are you again? I'm old enough. <laughs> okay. I'm old great. enough. How are you? I'm doing well. I am so excited to talk about our movie. I know. I tried to squeeze in a dancing joke, but it, 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 it was, it was going to be something like, did you do the same three moves over and over again? I, yeah. <laughs> did you do them all the way home from the auditorium at school? Uh, we're going to get into it. But before we get into <laughs> it, we have some amazing guests today. Truly. Uh, for those of you who remember... <laughs> Our episode of Burlesque, which, which is, is on the Thicket and Thistle podcast. On the Thicket and Thistle podcast. Go listen to that. Probably one of like, I legit, and you know this, I listened to it last night just because it's just so- Just because. Because we're so goddamn funny and these people make us <laughs> even more goddamn funny together. It's true. Um, these guys are incredible artists, musicians. Uh, I, I feel like I don't have enough adjectives to describe everything that they do. They are fun and fanciful, creative type types that make, uh, what was it like storybooks for adults Stor- not story books, but story tales for not, adults, not porn. It's but, not porn. No, they don't not. make fanciful porn. Keep going. You'll get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> at any rate, Yet. we we are here to yeah, welcome. It, who knows how this pandemic is going to turn out? That's right. We're here to welcome <laughs> Sam, Kyle, Josh, Juliana, and Jonathan of Thicket and Thistle. Welcome, you guys. Woo! Ooh, hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being here. We're going to get into it. I I'm so excited to dive into this movie with the five of you as well as Megan uh, rockets here as well, but you can only see his butt. You can only see right his now. butt. Um, wow. 
the 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 intro to this movie how do we i don't how know. do we bridge First, the I gap think we got to ask these folks how how y'all are doing yeah I suppose, okay. uh, after the I just, I can't worse wait. now <laughs> <laughs> i can't i just gotta say like i'm upset <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been so like mad watching a movie, which is crazy because I like a lot of bad movies, you Uh know, and I love a lot of bad musicals. Yeah. And I I don't know. I was just sitting. I mean, I was messaging you, Megan, earlier. Like, I'm just almost angry. (laughs) Why did you do this to me? I can't imagine why. This makes sense. If if I think about it, this is a movie that makes sense for you to be mad at. I can can see that. I feel like you you felt the way I did watching Burlesque. So which probably. and I said this before too. In my opinion, burlesque is a fucking masterpiece. By this is the citizen burlesque <laughs> is like Citizen Kane compared to. No. <laughs> I mean, give me air rights above like bomb cool shelter letter. rape. Right. Thanks. Oh. It's in in the defense of bomb shelter rape. <laughs> Uh that's not what the whole plot hinges on it's a very forgettable part of the movie which i have to say for that that bomb shelter being above ground and basically being Being a greenhouse above yeah just mere steps steps down it's like an airstream trailer (laughs) yeah it's not fairly efficient um speaking of things that are not fairly efficient and just because you can doesn't mean you should we watched, watched Grease 2. Oh my God. Which came out in the year of our Lord, 1982. The plot breakdown per IMDb. A oh, British student at a 1960s American high school must prove himself to the leader of a girl's gang whose members can only date greasers. Which That's, is something I really want to get into as well. Inaccurate. They're not greasers. What's a greaser? They it's are, a T-bird. I think... According to this movie, a, a, a greaser is a New York personality at a California high school. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Importantly, oh. also has to drive a motorcycle. You must very drive a motorcycle. Important. Yes. Very important. Which we will get into, but one of the greaser, one of the T-Birds does not drive a motorcycle. He sits in the side. He's, car. A, he's in the yeah. cabby car. Yeah. And I he, noticed that too. He also hit <laughs> the little sister of a member of the Pink Ladies. That's which, not okay. Which is not okay. <laughs> that is not okay. We'll get, in, so we'll get into her little, little like, PSA. Oh, you know. no, man. I have to ask, right? Well, let, let, me, let me do, do the cast info. The let, cast me, let me break info. it down. We got, that's important. Oh, I just want to just jump Is it? In. <laughs> is it, is so, it? So this movie was directed and choreographed by a woman, so. Which I noticed that as the move, as the opening credits were going, I was like, a woman oh. made this movie? And so then she it was, just made me sadder and sadder as I she was not just She was not just any woman, however. She was mm-hmm. the direct or the choreographer of Grease One. Yes, on Broadway. Uh, yeah. And which is so, amazing. So that makes less which sense. Which is why yeah. the opening number just <laughs> kicks off and well, it's wide lenses and you can see so everybody dancing. I'm like, I, yes, hey, I can't get into you. it. I can't I know, get into I know. it. Okay, so uh, cast yet. breakdown. It's full of people you don't know, but uh, <laughs> mainly it's uh, starring Michelle Pfeiffer as Stephanie. And, I think you could probably just end it there. Uh, the end of Maxwell <laughs> Caulfield's uh, career, who plays Michael. We also have some returning cast yes. members, including Dee Dee Khan as Frenchie. We have why? 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 
I have trivia about that. Uh, Eve Arden, Eve Arden returns as Miss McGee, the principal. We have Sid Caesar mm. back as Coach Calhoun and Dottie Goodman back as Blanche. I am so <laughs> glad that the that Eve and Dottie have decided to return for Grease too. I mean, they, they were, were the so only. I mean, ones. they were like the best part of the movie. Yes. To be fair, it is kind of like high school where all the students move on, but the teachers stay. Yeah. So there, sure. you know, there is yeah. some consistency there. Uh, it's also like some real life high schools because the cast size was over 500 for this movie. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, it, I, I imagine like including like extras and dancers. 10 minutes but... to actually get inside of the school. This is one of the things that made me really <laughs> love this movie was how dense it was. Like every scene had just like layers and layers of shit happening. There was yeah. like yes. all the way to the background, 10 deep. Yes. There was like something happening. It was. It's like the opening mm. for Who's That Guy when they're all like jammed into the doorway of the bowling alley. Yes. I'm like, you can see every single person like your high school production of Oklahoma, which yes. had 120 people in it, you know, right. Yep. You got to put them somewhere. Anyone else yep. of note? Uh, not really. Okay, um, it was, it I do want to shout out to, is it Max Caulfield? Uh, yeah. Maxwell. 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 Yes. Because the whole time I was like, who is this guy? How do I know him? And I looked him up. Who and he's that guy? guy. <laughs> he's Rex Manning from Empire Records. Yes. 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 He was yeah. also on. He was also on Dynasty also for a gross. number of years. Um, oddly enough, yeah, this movie did not hurt Michelle Pfeiffer's career at all. But him, he, it's quoted as saying it took ten years for him to get past Grease Two, essentially. Yeah, Sam. Are we just blowing past the fact that Shooter McGavin is a greaser <laughs> in this movie? Spuds McKenzie's in this movie. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> he's really and good he's, at it. Yeah, he's he's good in it. He's which one a is very he? Good dancer. I can't remember. Oh, uh, he he's plays the He's the tallest, yeah. oldest, the tallest. Oh, right. <laughs> he's the elder goose. Bird. Yeah, goose. he's Goose. Which me. also, I was like, Goose? Like, or, then Top immediately Gun? I went to Top Gun and yeah. I was like, yeah. this is what happened before Top Gun. And right. Yeah, I like, like when the movie started, I'm like, oh, oh this is Kanicki <laughs> yes. in this version. And then as it goes, yeah. he's like so dumb and goofy and weird. I yes. was like, maybe he's not Kanicki. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, so but looks creepily gonna... old like Kanicki does. We need to pick someone. We need to pick someone for plot in 60 seconds. I don't know if we told you about this guys but i almost want everyone to talk at the same time <laughs> because that would be essentially what it's like to watch this movie but we do something on here called plot in 60 seconds and we give you guys the opportunity to break down the movie start to finish beginning to end in 60 seconds and again in my head i just had all five of them talking at the same time <laughs> should, we try to do it in, should we try to do it in 10 second birds each and try yeah to maybe yeah so let's do this so <laughs> since we have um i don't know how you guys see our little hollywood squares but yeah. i have uh we'll go sam jonathan jules josh and then end with kyle three two one. Sam. A uh, cousin of an Australian uh, immigrant to the United <laughs> States is from England and comes to the high school where he um, falls Jonathan. in love with someone. So uh, he falls in love with a girl who's Michelle Pfeiffer, who's always wearing sunglasses, and she uh, can't love him because he's not a T-bird. Jules. And because the T-birds own the pink ladies, and Johnny <laughs> and Stephanie used to date, but then she got over it, but now Gosh. he's trying to bang Paulette, who's her best friend. But don't forget that he gets all this intel from Frenchie, who comes back from the first film. Like out of nowhere, who's going back to high school uh, to, you know, relearn how to do chemistry, I guess. And so that's his inside person. Kyle. Evil Knievel, X-rated making out talent show. And then they think he's dead, but he, he then they go to mo motorcycle heaven. And then it's and then they all graduate from high school. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Kyle, for doing the second two thirds of the movie. Yes. 
so much. Wow, that was amazing. That was five people. I don't know. Doing I, whenever I've done seconds. plot in sixty seconds, I'm always sweating profusely. You think by you the have end of so it. much, time, and then you get to the last fifteen seconds, and you're like, "Oh fuck, I need to wrap this yeah. up." Yeah, uh, it's my favorite part of the podcast. So great job. <laughs> um, so our next, our uh, our next uh, portion is first impressions. I want to know what everyone's experience is, specifically with Grease Two, and maybe you can tie this into not, versus not, something else. Well, well, the first one is a great <laughs> okay, 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 movie. Okay. Like that makes everybody has seen Grease, but not a whole lot of people have seen Grease Two. So I'm wondering, what is your relationship with this movie, and when did you see it? How Sam, see it? why don't you start us out? Yeah, uh, longtime Grease fan, first time Grease Two viewer. Um, <laughs> I was pretty astonished. I had to keep reminding myself that in the original Greece, it ends with a flying car. So every yes! time when I was like, oh, what yeah. is going on here? I was like, oh, wait. All right. Greece was silly, too. And like had yes. terrible morals as well. Um, right. But I thought overall that it had a couple fun songs and it tried to use that tactic of song at every plot of the plot. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it did not. <laughs> Josh, you say you're going to say something. Oh, yeah. First time watching it. Uh, the last oh, split wow. it up over a couple days because I got a little frustrated the first time. But I, I this happened to say, with my last two. You I have to say, man, one. my my first impressions, I've really enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. Um, and uh, my uh, on the note about songs, Sam, my, my favorite game to play while watching this was like, what weird thing that's unnecessary will they make a song about next? Because they sort of came out of nowhere at times and were just about yeah. bold or boy that reproduction song that was <laughs> made so me giggle rough. <laughs> really just yep yep uh but it's really yeah absolute first impression so i love the opening number I, th- I thought the choreography was really great and no. i was like this is it's just no. fun it's fun to see 300 people dancing they yeah stacked them up deep they were truly it was so many people dancing <laughs> badly Megan, go I back think, to your point but back back to school and we're gonna do this 14 uh, times so I, I I did a I did a I watched an interview with uh, Patricia Birch 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 today, mm. and um, she said that her two she was like it's the best opening number to any musical is Back to School, and probably the second best wow. thing that I've ever directed was the bowling alley scene. So, I mean, I can see. All right, Patricia, only movie she ever made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she yeah. went out apparently right on top. <laughs> oh my so, gosh, John- I'll go. Oh no, Julia, go for it. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I feel like my first impressions were this of this were like, okay, we're inverting the plot of Greece because mm-hmm. in Greece, the lesson is you have to change everything about yourself to make a man like you. And in this, it's uh, you have to change everything about yourself to make the girl like you, yes. uh, which is super like a clever twist on the Greece plot. Oh. And coming, um, you know, I my big takeaway is like I didn't know it was possible to be more misogynistic than <laughs> Greece one, but they blew away my expectations with this movie. And um, the teachers creeped me out. Oh I felt my God. I felt sad for Dee Dee Khan. Uh, I did too. Because I was yeah. like, it was so, her whole thing was unnecessary and she's so, such a delight in Greece yeah. one. And yeah. um, truly, I just felt sad about it. And then you yeah. like, don't, you see her do chemistry a couple times and like watch right. Michael and then she on just cycle. And then you like never see her again. And here's and the it's thing like, that gets oh, me. Thanks for clarifying that you dyed your hair pink one time. Wink, right. Wink. <laughs> 
Here's the That's thing about Jijun. Yes. He's, she, in like the first scene, and then she says it again, that like the next time we see her, she's like, oh, I'm best friends with Stephanie. And so like, I'm like, right. they're, they're inseparable. They are not in a single fucking scene together. Sorry, can we say that? No, oh, of no, course. No, yes. We are yes. not on a single scene together, except for one in which they don't even look at each other. <laughs> <laughs> However, Frenchie is the one who knows everything about Stephanie. Everything. She's like our Greek chorus in those. Maybe, they just, just, maybe they just only had her for like two days. I, I, I had trivia thinking. about She's it. She's too busy ben, doing do Shining Time Station or whatever. And <laughs> I feel yeah, like that's you right. might have that's trivia right. about that. I do have trivia about maybe. why Didi Khan's role was cut short Jesus in this movie. And we, will, we will get oh. into it. Um, Kyle. But yeah, uh, yeah, Kyle. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of the Grease franchise, especially when it morphs <laughs> into High School Musical uh, later yes! on down the line. Yeah. Yes. The high school extended universe that I appreciate. Yep. Yes. Um, but if Grease One is like sort of just high school salad, that's also like a weird tone poem slash party, <laughs> like fun party time. Grease Two is like the Hieronymus Bosch painting of hell version of high school. Like oh, it's just a collage of like language. random high school nonsense for two <laughs> full hours of just yes strange sometimes delight and other most of the time just kind of agony i feel like uh, yes jeez oh wow. boy yeah wow. i feel like about an hour and 15 minutes into the movie i was like god i should have started taking notes at the beginning because at the beginning i was like oh i'll remember to mention this thing i hate and then by like <laughs> no. an hour and 15 minutes in i was like there's so many things i, I hate I that i don't remember so any i have notes. two full pages of notes <laughs> and then i had so to because i didn't want to take up more room i had to write down all the trivia on another notepad because <laughs> I, 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 I will say without that. like fully going to negative town this this movie won me over i think yeah. by the end i was fully on board i was ready by to get end? on the back of grease 2's motorcycle and drive off into this <laughs> amazing <What>? sunset <laughs> josh uh, i just have a i mean i i agree i think this movie is very tongue-in-cheek overall and i think it knows it i wanted to ask you guys if we're getting it if you're gonna get to any trivia type stuff how was this movie critically received uh when it was what was put out because i think you know, 40 years down the line, it's very easy to hate some parts of this, but I'm just curious. Yes. Unfortunately, this movie got lost in the mix of what? every other movie that came out that weekend. <sighs> Not to jump on trivia, but I think this is worth mentioning. This movie was against... <sighs> she went to go throw and up. Jules is gone. Uh, this movie went up against Poltergeist, Rocky Three. Oh, wow. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Oh, it didn't have a chance in hell. And a little movie called E.T., Oh my so God. maybe, oh my God. so so what? maybe in the mix they were like, oh, we can put a musical up against all of these <laughs> amazing films. Bitch, and please, this is not Greatest Showman. You can't pull that. This is not. You can't do that. Max Caulfield is no Hugh Jackman. No. Um. So it it definitely got lost in the mix, in my opinion. Critically, it wasn't that well received. I think the Metacritic what? score is around like a forty three. No, and it's it, a it holds back like even back then oh like, people tore into this movie there were some kind of reviews of like oh some of the songs are fun and michelle fiber's amazing i mean to be fair and that's, it. that's like, where the good ends to be fair there review. was like uh there were several songs in this kind of on kyle's point like i got on board with several of them and i had mentioned before we got started i was working out to this soundtrack yesterday <laughs> like <laughs> legit i was like lifting weights to reproduction like is that was, why your thighs are so sore because you never are so sore. I was like, we're gonna score reverse lunge, reverse lunge. <laughs> oh, Sam, Sam, I will say. 
say, Megan, one of the best exercises I found if I have tight thighs is to get on top of a ladder, right? Just yes. to like straddle a ladder. That's okay. where I feel the most at home. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, so this is when we're just going to kind of, so we've gotten through first impressions, right? Unless there was anybody else that this was their I first mean, time. I mean, Megan, well, I yours. No, let's hear Jonathan really quick. Oh, Jonathan. Yeah. We totally passed you over. Yes. So I hate on a lot of different levels, Greece won for a lot of different reasons. I, it was the first like stage production that I saw as a kid and I had built up such high hopes of like what it would be. And then it just like, oh, uh, but then I also was like a kid. Did like, you see it I, on stage first, John? Uh, I saw the movie, but I didn't really get the movie because, you know, I yep. was in like sixth grade being like, Same. oh, I know what they're talking about. Right. And so it just kind of like missed me entirely. And so watching Grease 2, I watched it two times this week because oh the first time oh my God. I was That's like- four this hours, is... you'll never get back. Well, maybe, but I also got to see a lot of great BSAs. And so my little heart was just- <laughs> um, But but like, <laughs> Grease 2, the first time watching through, I really felt like I was just like getting hit by a truck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it won't and it doesn't stop. Stop. No. On stop. the rewatch, I appreciated it a lot. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Because you kind of like, I just had to like remove my like hope for what the plot could be. Because mm. like a lot of Greece, like my issues with Greece is that like there's no sense of plot and you don't really know where you're going. And it's all kind of like, I don't know, just it's just not very clear defined. I'm like, this is yeah, what I sure. want in this unit, right? It's um, a lot like youth, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, so for those reasons, I was not a big fan. But on okay. the rewatch, it is quite enjoyable once you get rid of your like uh, my like pre preconceived notions of what it should have been. So you mentioned you watched it twice this week. Was the first time you watched it the first time you ever watched Grease Two? Yes. Wow. Okay. So, I think yeah. all of yeah, us so is the first people. time. So here's yeah. the thing though. I've, I don't, you know, normally we say, oh, wow. For So I Married a Cinephile, these are all those movies that everyone's like, what? You haven't seen Jaws? I but don't think Grease anyone's ever like, said that to me about yeah. Grease 2. <laughs> I don't think anyone like, has ever been like, how the fuck have you Grease not two. seen Grease 2? You're this many years old. How dare? <laughs> you know, it's fine that you didn't watch, uh, fucking labyrinth that's fine but <laughs> so was this at all <laughs> growing up like no i think no. i saw it i think i even remember walking through the hollywood video and seeing grease 2 up there mm -hmm. at oh. a vhs and thinking like well that's fucking stupid like even <laughs> as a seven -year -old, even like... as a seven-year-old i'm like oh <laughs> Who the shit are you kidding? I <laughs> like even I at that age, I was like, this is horseshit. This is not a thing. But Ben, you fucking love this movie. Guys, this movie was on VH1 all the time. Was it? it was on like every other week. And I imagine because VH1 could air it because it was sold pretty cheap. But I just remember being. So I don't know why. I don't know yeah. why, right? I remember. I just Shocked. remember being so enthralled and in love with Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, uh, like, I, sure. I, that makes sense. As soon as I rewatch this movie, I'm like, "Yep, yep." Yeah, that's that's the sunglasses. <laughs> She's so cool. Can we so can we talk cool. about Michelle Pfeiffer though? Because we can talk about Michelle Pfeiffer all day. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I more specifically want to talk about Michelle Pfeiffer's costume choices. <laughs> <laughs> 
blue plain Jane sweater while everyone yes. else, all the other girls are wearing these like pop, like stylish costumes. Yes. This girl's got on some jeggings and a blue shirt. It's cause <laughs> she's like she... cool and doesn't care. She works at the mechanic shop. Right. I know that was also Yeah, we'll so get great. to that. Yeah. Until we'll she that. feels like not working at a mechanic shop. <laughs> Until she feels like she doesn't <laughs> exactly. want to anymore and then just says, fuck it and drives off. And then there was one portion in this movie goggles. where she changed into a skirt and I don't I know why. I don't understand. Like she was- Was she like, not allowed to wear like, pants to class? I don't I know. Yeah, I, think that that's, I think that's it. It's yeah. the 60s, guys. Women didn't wear pants. Okay. She like walks back oh, to man. her thing and puts a skirt on. And I'm like, what? And we're just not going to talk about the fact that you put on a tan skirt. Yeah, tell away. us why. I didn't tell why. us why. I don't understand. Yeah. Is there anything in trivia about that? Guys, we why should. should I, I have to say, oh. I never um, I never noticed her clothing because her hair is just so oh. big and insane the whole movie. Like that I was hairy. Like, yeah, it's mm. just it's I do love how crazy. In Greece, one, there's like a little effort to make it like we're in the 50s and this is like we're in the 80s. I mean, they say right. it's 1961 at one point, but like there's yep. no effort with the hair. Yep. And I think that comes through a lot uh, musically in some areas. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd love to like hear from Kyle about that a little bit later. But as, especially when I was listening to a song like Cool Rider, I'm like, oh, this is Pat Benatar. Like this is 1992. Right. Like they're trying to bridge the gap from like 1961 to current music. And sometimes they pulled it off. And then sometimes it was like, oh. So, and it's like basically they just did a lot of JFK references. Like, (laughs) hey, it's the 60s and JFK. JFK? We're afraid of Russians. There's a bomb shelter. (laughs) Ooh, Soviets. Lots of anti Russian commentary here. So, I have a a discussion question. This is called Q and Bay. This is where we kind of open up the floor to be like, what did you guys think of blah, blah, blah? So, I have to just ask, what did you guys think of the T Birds in this versus Greece (laughs) one? Because in my opinion, immediately Josh raises his hand and then <laughs> Sam. Um, because I thought that they were I like, did analog hand raising for whatever reason. I feel like they were stupider in this movie to the point of like, I don't know if you're even at eighth grade reading level. Dovetailing like, on that, yeah. there there are there are now uh, apparently like Ten Commandments or bylaws. There, now, there's some sort of T bird Bible that we are told <laughs> yeah. about in this movie that we weren't right. told about in the we first didn't know movie. about it yeah. what are the rules so, it was this in the sacred jedi text yeah all right sam yeah well i mean i think obviously john travolta was just like dripping with charisma in the original grease mm-hmm. right. and mm-hmm. i just prefer the white shirt tucked into the black jeans rather than the black <laughs> shirt tucked into the black jeans um oh my going god. back to clothing oh my all god right. All right. i would definitely rather fuck Grease one, but I don't know. Maybe I just <laughs> in with the lameos and the dumbos in Grease two. I don't know. Okay. okay. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I okay. I don't like to use this word negatively, but it fits right now. These guys are a bunch of fucking pussies in this movie. <laughs> like the thing is, the T Birds in Grease one are like cool and like they drive cars and they work on cars. These guys are like they ride motorcycles, but they're also like hey. Hey, can I pay you to write an essay for me? And then they're like, 
hiding from the scorpions, which is a whole lot of the, like the same scorpion the guy. Same is scorpion still guy. Terrorizing them. Which I'm sorry, I and don't he think looks, he has cystic acne. He looks, about acne. 50 in he this looks one. like yeah, he looks like he's fifty, <laughs> and he looks like a fucking burn victim. He does do look know. like he just has cystic acne. This, I do like that the they mini- brought back the the uh, term crater face though. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. The they're like that worked I in the first one. Face. But yeah, I, I just I was so disappointed. It's like they're so possessive of the girls but they're such little Man. bitches you and know there's like, there's like girl trading happening and oh yeah, anyway, yeah. Josh, they're Josh. not baseball cards yet yeah i think i i have the same take <laughs> as uh jules but with the opposite opinion which is like i love that the t-birds have like some like weaknesses and they're afraid of the they have their they have enemies and these guys are just like everybody else in high school like it, oh, it feels more a little relatable. bit like a dazed and confused type thing That's where we're just sort of like take. in a high school environment everybody's got their problems and um you know they're just like kind of they're putting on the jacket just like everybody else is putting I don't on know about you guys but everyone who wanted to beat me up in high school rode their motorcycles onto the track and chase me around. And I don't know yeah. about you, but anytime that I wanted to make a motorcycle fall over, I just go past them on a motorcycle. I built and they a motorcycle. I built a motorcycle with a book. Did you really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And guys, fifteen dollars. No one. You, no one else had motorcycle battles in, uh, <laughs> in high school. At the, I at the were right. really fast at each other. Just with the wheelies, like the plastic wheelies that you had. Is it? Yeah. Jonathan. For sure, all the coolest people were in bowling leagues. Though. Well, they <laughs> yes. they saved all the money that they needed for fight choreography. In this by just hiring stunt drivers and saying you're, the script says fist fight, but what you're going to do is get on your motorcycle and do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and when he jumps over the cop car in his motorcycle, and the cop just like shakes his head, like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry." We were both For like, "Because we're so far from the cop." We both look, look at each other, other like, like, "I'd, I'd fuck, fuck him, him. Yeah. like one thousand like percent." <laughs> Totally giving a dream. Like, okay, Both were like, yeah, I'd fuck him. Too. Jonathan. Yeah. So I don't I didn't catch that the other motorcycle gang who just like comes riding in on their motorcycles in the middle of track while the band is doing marching practice on the field where football is also happening. Did no and one there's a grave. Like- there's a grave in the football field. That's it's it's whatever. <laughs> this gang, I call them the many faces of meth on motorcycles because <laughs> that's what they look like. Every time I like I just I I I, I went the to school in the Midwest, faces. so I know those faces very hey, well. I grew up in Salem, Oregon. That's what so, they are. You know. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you know, you're like, yes, that's right. You that's know. Right. Kyle. Um, um, yeah, I, I was going to say that some of the plot holes in this movie are literally holes in the ground. Um, <laughs> but like, I just assumed they needed to shoot everything on the track in one afternoon. So right. we're like, we're doing the band. We're doing football. We're doing It's not even the first literal plot hole in this movie. There's another major one later Which on. Which also, but, yeah, I, I got know. it too, Kyle. Just I, one? I was just like, one? why did the band, marching band, choose Moon River to play? I'm like, of all the fight songs to play in the middle of the game against your opponents, like Moon River. Was it really Moon River? I didn't catch that. It was. I was trying to figure out. For a second, I thought it was follow the fold from Guys and Dolls. And also, for some reason, Dottie Godman, the assistant to the principal, is leading the band rehearsal. Right. Yes. Right. Well, she's, she's got those xylophone skills, you know. So she, this- she, yeah. 
she pops up a lot. She has a lot. She's yes. just kind of like the random girl who does all the <laughs> random jobs, like the talent show who gets to be in the Right. Show. So this brings me into another question, which is why did all these teachers take ownership as like, oh, those are my students and those are my students. Why is the drama? And I'm like, were they, were yeah. they from different schools? I'm pretty sure we all went to the same school. Are you just hanging out with these students outside of school? So those are your students? Also, like, I did anyone else think at the beginning that one of the T-Birds was going to fuck that teacher? Yes. I was like, yes. I thought that was just being set up at the like, very beginning. During oh, the production. Yeah. Like. Well, another uh, another <laughs> game I like to play in this, while I was watching this, was how many times is innuendo going to get shoved into a song or scene? Because, <laughs> God, it's stripping like, everywhere. Yes. <laughs> all over the place. Wait, Kyle, you were going to say something. Yeah, I think everyone in this movie is, like, way more kind of, like, lusty than in Korean. <laughs> One yeah. like at least yeah. one is something, all about like something in the you know, we're like bursting out with this like really like edgy like you know like youth and energy and stuff and in this movie it feels like really tacked on slash more salacious somehow yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam go for it Sam yeah just a little pushback I'm gonna be this guy on the podcast that talks <laughs> about that guy. remember Grease one okay. <laughs> We start with, did she put up a fight in the opening number of Grease 1? And then in the opening scene, we got a greaser who's like literally like upgirding some girl in the benches. Do you guys remember Mm. this? I don't remember that. that. Yeah, so they were pretty horny. Can she get me a friend? They were horny as hell in Grease 1. Don't forget the chicks will cream for Grease Lightning. I really listened to the lyrics and it wasn't until I saw the Grease on stage. I think Grease on stage is dirtier than the movie. Now, I feel like this is another question. I'm really glad we have you guys on since you guys write musicals. So I feel like there were several lyrical choices that were very interesting. (laughs) Yes. So (laughs) I didn't know if any of the lyrics stood out to you, but one that stood out to me was at the end where he's like, am I ever going to score? And she basically said, or we can just be friends. And then they made out. I, I, feel like I had this moment of we're, you know, we're in the process of writing a new musical right now. And Mm -hmm. every time someone writes a a song, there's like so many rewrites that go into the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I had this thought watching it, like, I think this was their first pass and they never went back to edit, no (laughs) matter how bad it was. Yeah. That is so true. It is. It literally feels like this is just like, uh, like I I always write like a shitty first draft and then I go back to it and fix it. And like, this is, they were like, Oh, you know what? We're fine. We're fine. You don't have to. <laughs> Shitty first draft right. is good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reproduction. I said everything I needed to say. In yeah. That song. <laughs> I feel like part of it too is that there was multiple songwriters working on yes. this project, and yes. that's clearly had a big impact on the like cohesiveness of the score because it is it is just insane oh, like none nothing matches up no style no. is the same twice in a row i feel like i actually um, thought I about the... you a couple times kyle in regards to the styles of the songs and how i'm like kyle must be ripping his fucking same hair out. same i thought of you when i watched the end credits and then like yeah. this song was written by this person and this i'm like uh-oh <laughs> i'm like kyle's gonna have some stuff to say i i that was the the thing i spent the longest on was the first couple of <laughs> Uh, slides of the credits just right, taking like down paused. notes furiously and I'm like Louis St. Louis that sounds like a fucking fake name like god damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna look that fucker up right now Josh. I was gonna say it's. I found it strange that some of the songs um, 
were uh, like needle drops. We just like listened to a song while people danced when they never on screen. And then the one the, that the main character, whatever the British guy's name is. Cafeteria song. Cafeteria song. We hear that song for three minutes and then he starts singing in the middle of it. And I was like, oh my God, I, I, I feel like there are 300 I... people in the cafeteria and everyone is yelling over everyone. And underneath we have. <laughs> yep, and he starts singing two minutes like, in. What? what is happening? <laughs> well, that's the thing is that he sings. He's singing for a while. You just can't hear him. It's like they finally slowly sing. took the levels and brought him up because he's such a poor singer. Yeah. Were his lips like, moving and I just didn't see it? Yes, they were told. Okay. I mean, like right? getting his fish sticks in his apple. No, it, I think no, it was all no, happening in his head. The first half of the song happens in his head. Yeah. Okay, like, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Do my charade. <laughs> Everyone leaves, and then he's like alone in the cafeteria all of a sudden. Anyway. Oh my god! You knew oh, it was in his head right away. Like it was that. not clear to me. Yes. yes. <laughs> if I heard someone singing like that, I'd leave too. <laughs> god, I, I would even... say that charade is indicative of my main issue with like the sound of this movie, which is that yes. it just has too much like weak boy head voice in it. <laughs> weak boy head voice. Is that a range? These wafy boys. Um, uh, we we tenors over here and weak boy head voice over in this area. Thank you so much. It's a whole bunch of boys going, okay, okay. Let's go over here. If I have to. Here's my mark. <laughs> Jules, you're talking. My head oh, now. I was thinking the same thing where it's like, uh, the same thing I thought with the lyrics was like, I think they did the first take of every vocal track. The rehearsal. It was like, yeah, I was like, ah, yeah, you hit most of the notes. It's fine. You know, it's, like every song, I was like, none of it was like really good. But, no, oh, there and there were several points in that that I noticed <laughs> that like that were that were flubs that they should have fixed and gone back and done a different take. But they decided that someone. Where, where's your book? Which one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like so much of this movie was just riding the coattails so like, of Grease One because it's like they have like the opening song, which I know some of you guys like back to school, but it's like the opening of Grease is, you know, this great song by the Bee Gees <laughs> and it's like, you know, no one on screen is singing it. You just see stuff happening under it. And I feel like they tried to do that again with back to school, but like, it's oh, just I a forgot about that. worse song. And then the whole thing is like, I feel like their thinking was like, ah, people loved Greece. They're going to go see it. We don't need to. Right. Like, uh, Greece too. Yeah. We're, we're still going to make money. Who cares? Then that, that was the thing. Like the money thing when he's like, here's your $5. And he counts out the $5. Like that was my next question. What do you yeah. think about the use of props in this and movie? Then, like, also, it. how much do motorcycles cost? Because I feel like more than $10, $15. Right? Yeah. I know. Yeah. And he's like, these are all great fixer uppers. Here's a book. Bye. And walks <laughs> out and leaves this kid in the middle of a fucking like motorcycle graveyard to just do whatever the fuck yeah. he wants out there. He's like, here, you're gonna need some coveralls. Bye. And then when the T-Birds are paying him for their papers, they're like taking wads out and they're like, <laughs> Yeah. And like everyone's treating every fucking prop like like it's a three-course meal. Josh. Although his um when they paid for papers, it was like often a single dollar. They were just yeah. handed, I don't know if you guys saw <laughs> no. this, they handed him a single dollar. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, how much? It was a lot of money back. It was fifteen. Yeah, it was fifteen dollars oh. in nineties. It was sixty. Sorry, it was the sixties. <laughs> Guile. 
And I will say, when it comes to Michael Carrington, I think that the nickname that he gets, uh, Shakespeare, Shakespeare, partway through, I think that's really appropriate. <laughs> not just because he uh, he sort of like you know writes papers for people and is very sort of languagey, uh, but the fact that he puts goggles on and nobody can recognize him. That's true. That's extremely Shakespeare. Shakespeare. It's very, like that's there's a big Shakespearean yeah. arc to this Batman show in a way. too. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Batman yeah. teams. Yeah, I, uh... kind of the reveal is, in my opinion, just way too late, right? <laughs> like when Michelle Pfeiffer, we'll get into it. And I'm her sure, reaction like, too. She's yeah. like, oh. By the time, yeah, she was just like so <laughs> comfortable with not knowing who that guy is. Right. For so and long. The, yeah, they and make the out only... so much with goggles on. And I'm yeah, like, that's hey, called that the, doesn't sound That's cool called the cool writer when you have now. sex with just goggles yeah. and a helmet on. Hey, baby, come on. And this kind of fuels my sort of conspiracy theory about this movie, which is that Michael That's Carrington perfect. grows up perfect. to be Christian Gray from Fifty Shades of Gray. That's my headcanon about this movie. Oh my God. Perfect segue <laughs> into our next, next segment. Sediment. <laughs> next segment called Hot Takes. Hot Takes. So this is Hot Takes and Conspiracy Theories about this movie. Yes. And Kyle, I didn't even think about that because I feel like I had one, but I didn't. didn't. I have one that the, the, my conspiracy theory is that the teacher that keeps coming back, <laughs> even though he's mentally not well, <laughs> he has died twice. Mr. Like, Spears died twice in this he's movie. He's died twice or three times. He OD'd at he's, his desk and then he drowned. He OD'd at his desk and then he drowns himself <laughs> in the pool that it's like, <laughs> no one is just paying attention. This man is asking for help and no one fucking cares. They're like, teach those kids math, you idiot. <laughs> that to me was a commentary on how teachers have treated maybe that's what it was it was a conversation about the underpayment and under representation of educators and uh recognition of mental health issues in this in this era era? grease too is so brave i don't know this is the bravest i've ever seen (laughs) kyle so ahead of its time (laughs) all right so i have a conspiracy that i'm sure is real and it's kind of an art conspiracy of this movie. Um, so if you pay close attention to the score at the end of the classic song, Love Will Turn Back the Hands of Time. Oh, yes. uh, where we get theme. the Xanadu moment. Yeah, we get even more footage of Michael Carrington <laughs> playing piano, that. which is great. Oh! <laughs> um, and also he's dead, but not dead, but singing in the memorial of his death. Yeah, That isn't real, oh. but is real. This all feeds into it. So it's like, (laughs) if you listen to the very end of that song, there's this really like dark string cadence because it's pretty melancholy, right? To me, that totally calls back to the beginning of the movie when they hoist the double bass up on the flagpole and it's sort of positioned like a hand on a clock. (gasps) Oh my God. This is so heavy. I think you're giving it way too much. Wow. <laughs> it was intentional. <laughs> this movie was so brave. Wow. So brave. Do you think that Michael knew that people were having okay. sex in his bomb shelter? Because he's he's peddling money. He, he's getting money for writing people's papers. And then part of right. me is like, oh, maybe he's renting out the bomb shelter. A bomb shelter brothel. Yeah. Totally. Uh, here, I'll I'll yes and this by saying I don't think he did because we watched those guys kind of break into it like with a credit card almost, oh. which like it's a bomb shelter. So that means that these guys, they're not high school students. They're like CIA operatives who are like <laughs> infiltrating this high school, putting on leather jackets, pretending that they're 16 years old just to find out what the hell's going on with the youth of 1961. That makes sense it's- why all the dancers are so old. <laughs> 
And it makes sense that they don't alert any adults when they think that one of their classmates has died. Right. That's also true. Yeah. They cover up a potential. During during the prom uh, luau graduation weekend of 1961. Yeah. And this scene. Sam. How did. (laughs) Yeah, Jonathan. Let's remind ourselves that in Greece one, the school just hired a carnival. Okay. There was just a carnival outside the school. So them at a luau. Totally chill. Totally chill. Okay, but like, how did nobody get hit by the motorcycles when they came crashing through the walls at the very packed luau? Thank that, you. I think, is a part of the conspiracy. I don't know where it fits, but I know it's a puzzle piece. Thank because you. Because first off, first off, A, how did you get a heavy-ass motorcycle on a pool platform? So a lot of tomfoolery going on there. Ramps and just show I mean, up in this movie. Uh, so really quickly, yeah. on that note, on ramps, that Ramps note, just arrive. I I will say that I noticed that, uh, you know, he went over the pool and landed Uh safely. Mm -hmm. And then he, everyone else afterwards went into the pool. The, the moat, not the moat, moat. the boat. (laughs) That's a difference of one letter. The boat that was there holding Stephanie and Johnny or whatever the fuck just yeah. disappeared so maybe it's uh-huh. at all she didn't actually win prom and it's not real i don't know yeah i just thought that was dumb that all of a sudden it was like oh the question i, I do want to say king and queen thing they won king and queen of the talent show right. which was not supposed to be a thing ever uh-huh. that no. was mentioned the winner was supposed to get 100 records that records. was the whole thing yes. LPs. And then Megan thought they like, were getting a cash prize. Yeah. Didn't no. see a single record. Didn't see a single no, record. Not. And then they get a king and queen prize, and they had nothing to do with each other in the talent show. And I was confused by that. It's a graduate talentation show. It's a graduate talentation luau. <laughs> graduate talentation luau, of course. Kyle. Kyle. Further feeding this conspiracy that uh, this whole living. experience was a dream is the mm-hmm. fact that everyone graduates in the end, and it just doesn't seem uh, realistic to the me. Statistics, based on everyone's the statistics, math doesn't add up. Sorry, not everyone <laughs> in, graduates. In Greece, one, not everybody graduates. I remember somebody has to go and finish up some credits. Well, I think <laughs> they have to come back and do something. She has to come back and get and gets her chemistry. Her chemistry. This is where she starts uh, starts her skincare line. What would Poor her skincare Frenchie. line be? She's French like, tips oh, with Frenchie. Frenchies. Yeah. Frenchie yes. on your face. Or so. Oh, no. Oh, all right. <laughs> Isn't that how that works? It's like skin cream. Um, I oh. want to feed into this uh. even more. <laughs> okay. okay. Something that really <laughs> bugged me about um, uh, Michael is that when he was, he was asked A, to play the piano for just yeah. one talent number and <laughs> ends up getting roped into playing him for all the talent numbers. And then when the girls are practicing the first time, he thinks that that's the most opportune time to ask Michelle when Pfeiffer there's 15 out people around the piano while he's still playing and hey, talking as if you know it doesn't affect him. And Michelle Pfeiffer and them having having just like a, a great little conversation. This might be a dream, you guys. This I mean, a dream. I do. I do appreciate that he plays piano in time with the drums, as it were, in the rhythm of the yeah, song. Yeah, where's the other five it's pieces of this band? It's amazing that his that penis playing. is able to extend up to the keyboard and play the top <laughs> part, so that he just focuses on the bottom part of. This. I also love that everyone can sight read. I and sight read without even looking with at the no music. Rehearsal. Impeccably well. Impeccable. You have to. Yeah. Oh. Wait, I Sam. <laughs> I do feel like of all the piano tricks he does, it has to be the fact that 
he dies right before the talent show and then the piano plays throughout the talent show. I thought, <laughs> oh he my was god, the he's a ghost. That's where, yeah, you put yeah, a quarter. The ghost, in it, the display. ghost piano player. What happened? <laughs> yeah, oh as if god. it's just like the last like microsecond of his brain being alive. Like <laughs> he just sort of imagines the rest of the film. <laughs> so no, but the thing about the playing the piano, it's this is nitpicky. I don't usually like to be real nitpicky, but there's just oh, a moment right. where there's obviously like a gliss where they play yeah. from like top to bottom yes. on the piano, and it's real exciting. And you, his arms are just not moving, nope. and that's like. <laughs> That breaks the immersion for me completely. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, it really took me out of the movie. Josh. Uh, one thing I want to just add to my list of things I love for this movie, speaking of those crazy um, talent show scenes, is that everybody was super into the talent show. It seemed Very like no matter, no matter who you were, you were you wanted to sing and you wanted to perform. And I thought, like, that's not like high school. It's just so cool in this place. It's true. It's true. Yes. Every group loves loves a talent show. <laughs> Jules. Speaking of hot takes, I just want to pull the group. Do you think that the grocery store is the best place to pick up people to have sex with? To go prowling? Thank you! Thank you! <laughs> I don't know about Sounds you guys, like... but when I'm in the mood, I go to Dwayne Reed and... <laughs> Have you seen the hotties Scope at Trader out. Joe's? Oh, yeah. God. They don't prowl around the bulk aisle. <laughs> They've got those. The problem is, is that they're all on their beanies. cell phones and they're not paying attention to me. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. I'm like, go I'm going to right pick up stores. some nuts. That's all I'll say. And then grab some nuts. Jonathan. Um, I, I was also... just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, th this talent show. Uh, I, I just... <laughs> So I, I think a familiar question we have is like, what are the rules? Uh, and yeah. and like this talent show, a the auditions for the talent show last all year long. <laughs> all some would say all September season. to March. <laughs> it's an and, audition for all seasons. And and it's like they only get one person in, but the set for the talent show is for the Pink Ladies number because it's all yes. the different yep. seasons. But right. But but are they auditioning or is it what what is it? That's 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 I <laughs> what that's are the rules? Hot take. What, are, what the rules? are the rules? Yeah. Someone, Josh. Someone help me. Josh. I, I do think that the talent show is sort of the key to understanding this movie on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think that pretty much everything, it, it's sort of like in Midsummer Night's Dream when you have the play within the play at the end. Yeah, That's kind of how I go. see the mm -hmm. talent show. And oh. John, I just want to like definitely give you a thumbs up for kind of like drawing our attention to this critical piece of the plot. <laughs> Uh, that makes no sense, but is nonetheless the most important thing that happens, I think. Yeah. Um, but but it's really it really revolves around this like four seasons presentation. Yes. That we but see we also and... get this the dream sequence with Michelle Pfeiffer where she walks on stage. <laughs> that was she is my favorite. Suffering from of the Vietnam PTSD. She mm, is she, a thousand yard stare. And then the star in her hand levitates Floats into the sky. Of and oh all of a sudden, God. we are in some sort of Greco, which uh, Titus and a uh, Julie Tamor, Titus Andronicus fueled uh, <laughs> netherworld. Kyle's and got that as his background. And I think that's the best thing I've seen. This graveyard all... of motorcycles. It's amazing. Yes. It's yes, like, this like, this, it's like a Marley. It's like it the season. Heaven is just yeah. a pile of smoking white motorcycles. <laughs> that's all it is, guys. <laughs> 
Now, you know, I also too wanted to just talk for a second, like, okay, so while she's having this out of body experience and clearly trying to protect her brain from having the most tragic. Oh, in the way of Mr. Spears. Yes. You know, she's just trying to protect her body. We try to do our best like Michelle Pfeiffer PTSD face. uh, Oh yeah. The Michelle Pfeiffer PTSD face is just out. She's gone. (laughs) I think she forgot her line. Yeah, she's going up. Well, well, what? They're all. She's singing like. I'll be your girl for all. She's singing a song on top of someone else's song, and there's there's no accompaniment with a person who's not there. A person who's not (laughs) there. So literally, they're singing a girl for all seasons, and then all of a sudden, this fucking bitch decides that she's gonna have a moment and is like, "I miss you, never see you, you." And like, people in the audience are like, "Is she okay? Let's go talk to her." She won the show. Like, what the fuck? She gets a huge standing ovation. This This is why. I think we need to get rid of the idea that acapella does not serve us in auditions. Thank acapella you. clearly <laughs> will get you to win a talent show. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. So that's something I think we need to bring back with bravery in the audition it's rooms. True. It's true. Mm-hmm. So yes, her mama rose level of dissociation in the, at the climax of this film is <laughs> really brave. I will say it's a brave performance. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh wow. you know what moment I loved was in the luau when it's like kind of an 80s rock ballad song. The like yeah. wrap up song. What is it called? It's called uh, we'll, we'll, be together. we'll Be Together versus We'll Always Be Together. And it's a real like ballady song. But then they try to bring back the dance from We Go Together from for Grease One, which is a real upbeat really song. So they're kind of yeah. like, oh, yeah. I like doing really this, but it's too uh, like yeah, really that's, that's like trying to don't they take, do a kick line too? It's like no, it's like they're taking the Les Mis walk and they're yeah. trying to put it mm. into an under tempo. Oh, this like, is this is the one day song. more of Greece too. This is the one day more, but they're trying to bring it. They brought the tempo up just a little bit, just a uh. scotch. So going into this movie, I sent a video to Thicket and Thistle at the beginning. I paused it and it said rated whatever for foul language, violence, and brown face. And I was like, oh boy, just going into this movie. I was like, damn, no. So I had my radar on looking for brown face the whole time. And I I never saw it. Did anyone else catch the brown face? It was the motorcycle gang showing up. They all had brown face on. What? No. no I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. Oh my god. That's bicycle. <laughs> no, that's bicycle. Stop the podcast That's now I have to, to turn the movie back on to watch this. No. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Maybe no. people were just dirty from working on their bikes. I don't I know. Thought it I thought totally missed it. Well, and I was like, oh, maybe it was the yeah, guy's hair. I guess would make sense. Huh. Yeah. It's the gym teacher with his massively fake tan. That's what it is. Oh, maybe. So oh. we, we th- there is one bit that I do really like from this m- musical. This, there is a great scene that I want to just highlight for a bit. And it's the scene with Johnny when he has to swallow the cigarette in the hall. Oh, my mm-hmm. fucking God. That, to me, is a very, like, well-written, well-contained comedic <laughs> scene. And he ends up, like, like just, like, mouthing the cigarette, but then swallowing it, and then the snow co- smoke comes out of his nose. his nose. I'm like, yeah. that's brilliant comedy yeah. writing. Yeah. Whoever wrote that scene should have written the rest of Grease too. And this uh. goes right into my hot take, which is that watching this film is like hiding a lit cigarette in your mouth until you accidentally <laughs> swallow it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
So you guys, at this point, we're, we're just, just barely over an hour. And I want to make sure that we get our rants and raves in. Cause that's, that's the true. thing for us too, is that for all of our <laughs> Patreon listeners, if you are, uh, if, well, if you're listening, then you didn't subscribe to the video, which believe me, you are missing some you're choice really reactions me. right now. So mm-hmm. be sure to subscribe for the video of, uh, of our podcast, but also too, we have an extra, uh, special bonus feature of rants and raves, which that'll be coming up next. If you have the Patreon subscription for rants and raves, where we just, man, we're ranting and raving about this movie. It is after hours. I do feel like this entire podcast has been a rant and rave. Essentially. Yeah. It's, yeah. Am I doing something wrong? No, no. We've saved <laughs> some good ones though. We We've just, got some good we, ones in the tank. We totally. take the rant. lid off. We, we yeah. take, Either something you loved or something you hated, maybe something that didn't get mentioned in the podcast. But before we get there, I did want to ask, given the group that we have, I wanted to ask what each of you, what your favorite song in this movie is. Ooh, that's a great, and that kind of ties in with what you guys do on your podcast too. (laughs) (laughs) Good choice, we'll start with you. Uh, I gotta say, um, score tonight would have to be my favorite song because I, I think it's the only catchy love song. That okay. song. I'm sorry. I like I can. I. It's the only one I could sing back to you right now. Gotcha. You know, I'm like score tonight, which yep. is you know for for thick and thistle listeners, they know I love a pop song. You know, I love a catchy song. So the fact <laughs> that snappy. I can sing that back to you now, and there's like I'm looking at the list of songs right now, and I'm like how did any single one of those go that's, <laughs> and that's how i felt after i watched mary poppins returns like he couldn't remember any of the songs i couldn't remember mary a single name of any of the songs Nary-a one <laughs> Nary-a one all right who else josh I'm gonna go with reproduction not Thank because you. it's a good no. song at all <laughs> But because to me, it's the most justifiable song in the show. Like if there is a if there's a moment in a high school experience where you need a song to talk about it, it is sex ed in a class full of overly sexed, super horny high school kids. Again, I couldn't sing you a a lick of it, but uh, it just was like the most justified (laughs) song for me. (laughs) (laughs) It goes the stamen and the pistol. (laughs) that's basically it sam i also love that he like drew a really like detailed wasn't he like dying it like he was like pecking it with the chalk and i'm like what is he like yeah what is he drawing anyway fallopian tubes of course the chalk was his dick that's what made him he was having chalk sex yeah chalk sex Samo. I think um of uh, there's a lo- I think that there's like five good songs in here and then there, and then there's a lot of whiff. Yeah. Uh, and I think anytime this one gets a little ballady, it's a whiff. <laughs> and so for that I I like uh Back to School and Score Tonight and Reproduction and the Luau song. Anything that's like high tempo, I think it's honestly mm. like kind of forgivable. Mm. Um but I do enjoy Cool Rider. Originally I thought it was so bad. And then because yes. it's like I want a cool rider. Oh. And then that chorus ends with a rider that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> At first I thought that was so lame. And then I'm like, actually, I love it. I, so I love speaks it. To me. <laughs> I totally agree with you, Sam. Yeah. yeah, cool writer to me is some of the bravest writing, kind of for that reason, but <laughs> also because it like 
kind of treats the fact that there's like this sort of sexual awakening going on with a little yeah. more like chutzpah than the other music in a way. Mm-hmm. And I just, I thought that the lyrics are kind of good in that. But I liked back that to scene. Was it was like, I feel like that scene was her dancing in the warehouse and footloose scene, you know? Totally. Yes. Yeah. But How for funny. who? Yeah, exactly. That was so funny. Yeah. It was, it was a, an answer to a question. Someone asked her a question and her answer was a song and by verse one she had left that person in the dust yes they're so just true. Standing. as the scene they're... is going on she is still singing and like cool ridering her way home all the way home <laughs> yeah. that's exactly oh we're gonna get she to leaves that. the auditorium just yeah they, like... they fade her out at the end you cut to her four miles later and she's still <laughs> she's ponying down the road <laughs> that's that's... she gets to a stop sign she's like and there's two, they did, they're so mean to her too. There's cause there's two characters just sort of sitting there like watching her walk away. Like the hell's going the on fuck here? What is wrong with this? Yeah, because he yeah, asked her the, the right. He asked she her the question like, and then she just kind of like She's does also like, I need my books. Give me my books. I need my books. I'm going to leave without my books. Like she left all of her books all of her there. there. She's, uh, she's, she, you can't carry books when you're doing this. That's why she was so bad at that Hamlet essay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jonathan. So Cool Writer is one of my favorite songs as well. I'm glad to hear that it's gotten some love. It is definitely a part of my rant and rave though. So when we get to that portion of the show, batten down the hashes. Good times. Megan? Um, I actually really, really loved Who's That Guy. Just like- <laughs> I forgot about Some really tight harmonies in that, in that song. that song. Some really tight I harmonies. I also really enjoyed, and all of our Patreon uh, viewers will enjoy this, that the choreography was pretty much this. It was just- Here we go. That's it. That's all it was. Backlit standing and leaning and kneeling. And those backlit shots too. But then like, that was the those thing were too, clearly is that it had shot a really cool spooky vibe to yeah. it. It was like, who, who, and then all of a sudden, who's that guy? Doesn't it start out like. It turned a... out into Hello Dolly. I'm like, what the fuck is happening <laughs> right now? Yeah, the opening work is like, like a rider in the night. Like he like I also, describing this phantom or some shit. I also one of my favorite lyrics in the entire show, which is he's got uh, goggles like a spaceman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I, although with all that said, it's still my favorite song. That one in score tonight, I think is. Mm. It's yeah. just like sometimes this movie lyrically will just like say something so directly that it kind of catches you off guard because all the rest of it is so like bubbly and sort of like high school word salad-y. Yeah. Sometimes they'll just directly describe something that's going right. on. Hey, and keep it, it freaks simple. me out. Keep it simple. There's a plate that's on the table. The table's on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, you keep saying high school salad and I need to know what you mean by this. I, because I'm I don't think it. I ate a single salad in high school. So <laughs> I'm not sure. In my idea, though, it's like it's like coleslaw or like fruit salad, but it's like hormones and books and crying. And that's what high school salad is. Yeah, for sure. And some chocolate milk. And some chocolate milk and probably pizza. I would have to go with reproduction as far as like the catchiest song. And for me, and I'll get into this later, I, I think this would make a much better stage musical than a musical on film. 
but I think reproduction would be the number that I would look forward to the most if I were in the show. You're like, oh, this one's fun. The opening as well, back to school. I think it's 12 minutes long and yeah. it, it just impressed the show. I wrote down, I was like, it okay, really... it's been five minutes and no one has even set foot it, inside of the school. If you compare it to the first Grease movie opening, yeah, you get that like sort of uh, animation at the beginning, like the schoolhouse rock sort of mm. thing going on. But then we're just introduced to all our characters and they're just the do, 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 do. And then everyone just kind of walks into the school. But no, this, we get a, mm. an, a musical opening. And I, and I was blown away by that. And uh, yeah, who's that guy? Just because the tight who's harmonies. That I'm a guy? sucker for tight harmonies, guys. Kyle. And, and we just have to celebrate the end of the opening number when it's the, the last student to go into the yes. school. Runs from all the way screen yes. right, yes. all the way across, and then dives oh. headfirst and into a the first closed, floor window. Right? Or, yeah, I did the love that. Or something like that. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And then the pan up to show the the base at the top of the flagpole. <laughs> sort of Deeply meaningful. Mm. All right. So to wrap this part up, let's, uh, this is called Worth a Watch. So this is effectively, if you think anyone should take the time out of their busy day, busy lives, rewatching The Office for the 17th time to watch mm. Grease 2. Is this worth a watch? I'm going to check it on over to Jules first because she made a noise. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you're someone who enjoys watching terrible things, like for the fun of it, mm. I'd say give it a watch. But I'd say watch burlesque first. <laughs> I would not. I wouldn't necessarily recommend this movie. No. So I am less. Saying- I am less angry talking about it now than I was watching it earlier, though. So <laughs> I don't that's know. good. That's something. I feel so like I've saying, lost some fire. You're saying save your money and give it to the band is what you're saying. Right. Mm. No, the mm-hmm. band has remembered the band doesn't play, but has oh, a that's right. give it to the band. Of course, she's all her money. That's right. <laughs> uh, Kyle. Yeah, I, I'd say that if, you, uh, if you've run out of high school musical uh, sequels, then this is a great way to get like kind of a prequel in there. Sure. Sort of get some kind of background about the universe and mm-hmm. uh, kind of understand the history of some of the tropes that you probably enjoy if you're that yeah. deep into the high school musical sequel game. Some serious <laughs> origin stories in here. Yeah, it's really big yeah, time. fascinating to watch. Yeah. The yeah. way that Michael gets his powers, it's actually kind of impressive. <laughs> it's a cool backstory. <laughs> Sam. Yeah, I think if you are a fan of musicals, you should see what see what's up. And if you are a fan of franchises, then I would highly recommend this. I feel like this is a classic, like you're like, oh, I see the first one and I see what happened with the making of the second one. It's just just like (laughs) the perfect cautionary tale of a sequel. And for that, I think it is worth watching. Yes. Awesome. Josh. Josh. I'm going to say no, don't watch it. I I enjoyed this, but like listen to this podcast and to us bullshit about it, but don't. I mean, it's two. It's two hours, man. It, yeah. it could be seventy minutes. It doesn't need to be two hours. So, <laughs> oh my god, um, hard agree with that. I think if you really love musicals, it's it's worth a watch after you watch maybe fifty, sixty others that are on your list. But it's it's uh, again, I liked this, but I'm gonna say no. Okay, fair enough, Jonathan. I'm I'm so glad you asked me this question because I. <laughs> I have tossed and turned my over the past few days being like, why do I watch these movies? What is the point? They're so bad. Like there's the people asking me to. I put this under the category similar with like burlesque and like 
repo the musical. Like oh, this yeah. is just yeah. bad. But there's something about watching bad musical theater that gives me an extra appreciation for good to moderate musical theater. Sure. Because I'm like, you know what? It's not bad, but it's not like the worst. It's not like Grease 2. Mm. So like anything... <laughs> You know what I mean? And so like having having this is like a part of your your like lexicon of musicals that you're aware of. Mm-hmm. Sure. If you're not writing or working on musical theater or if you don't have a musical theater podcast or a podcast about movies in general, probably don't watch this. One. Right. Yeah, like if you haven't seen you never use. If you <laughs> haven't seen Fiddler on the Roof, do that first. Oh, yeah. Okay. Watch West Side Story so, first wow. and then watch this one. Yeah, that's the thing cleanser. too is if you ever need recommendations on what movie musicals to watch you should definitely tune into yeah. these guys' podcast, Thick and Thistle. They <laughs> they break shit down in a really gorgeous way. Megan. Um, I you know what? I actually kind of to dovetail off of Jules's point, if you enjoy bad movies just because they're bad and you like musical theater in general, this will make you love and hate that two hours of your life. <laughs> yes. Because I think it's true. It's like you will at some points I know that I was holding my head and hoping that it would be over soon. And at other points I was laughing out loud. Like this is, this is, if I can just take a moment when we were young and we went to a Black Hawk hockey game, there was this horrible popcorn that they had that was cold and stale and salty. And I couldn't stop eating it. This is that movie. Wow. Yes. Wow. I, I did have a moment. I was remembering when we discussed burlesque and Ben, you were saying in the last five minutes, you paused it and said, I can't finish this. Yes. That's how I had that moment uh, 18 minutes before this movie ended. <laughs> I like, I was like just pulling my hair out and then I paused it to see how much was left. And I was like, 18 minutes? How is this possible? <laughs> 18 more minutes to say. <laughs> But then you got the dream sequences, which is the best part of the entire movie. I mean, I loved everything about that, Ben. And that that gang initiation at the luau. Yes. I wanted, by the way, I wanted everyone to start saying jacket at that point. Just jacket. everyone there. Jacket. Just start, jacket, 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 jacket. <laughs> I also love that they solved that she actually is allowed to date him now, not because she's her own woman, but because he's a teacher now. Yep. 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 Thank God. That kind of loophole is definitely in Grease One. (laughs) (laughs) I just appreciate Sam bringing up Grease One whenever it just needs to be thrown in. I think it's a good, I think that's a caveat for life. I mean, it's just, well, (laughs) remember in Grease One, sir, I'm just trying to give you your latte. Ben, what about you? (laughs) I think this movie is important and I'll tell you why. I, I think I think the, the the most important aspect is that it is the first sequel to a musical since I think the 1930s. So Is that true? It it's as far as sequels to a musical like in numeric order, Greece yeah, up until that point. Or up until that point, it oh, was the first. Shit. So no one had attempted this before. So I give them props. Maybe, maybe every time they stepped up to the plate, they didn't hit every ball. Big swing <laughs> and a miss. But at the same time, there are so many songs. Like you were saying, you were working out to the soundtrack. Like yes. there, these songs stick in your fucking head. If you're coming for plot, don't. If you if you're coming for the songs, you're gonna have a great time. Even on the ones that are not as memorable. And also Michelle. 
Michelle Pfeiffer. You, I, I, you cannot take your eyes off of her for me. For me, anyway. Like uh, I agree. sunglasses. Um, She's so so cool. sunglasses. This is and this is also why I I really enjoy doing this podcast with you because you think of that shit. I'm like, it's a bad movie, but it's funny. You're like, here's the thing. Since 1930, and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I wouldn't. <laughs> but speaking of that, I realize there's a very important segment that we missed that is our listeners' favorite segment, which, which is, is our trivia, trivia. section. So yeah. let's really quickly, like, just like this movie, ram it in and uh, try to make it work. Through the trivia. <laughs> Cue that amazing trivia music. Trivia. Didi Khan disappears halfway through this movie. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> what? Uh, the script was not finished when they were shooting. <gasps> so she had an entire plot line that actually, a, a ton of stuff was actually oh. shot that has never seen the light of day. Not what? even a bonus feature. There's a ton of footage. Did Warner Brothers make this? But anyway, whatever studio, no, we it was need Paramount. We to break in and find it. We have to, but the script wasn't finished. So she was essentially just written out of the movie. She showed up to set one day and they're like, oh, we don't need you anymore. <gasps> so that, like, that was that. She describes That's the crazy. experience of shooting Grease 2 as rough. Crushed, frantic, and unorganized. But Shock. she was grateful that she got to be a part of it. Yeah, so. I'm professional. Much like Michelle Pfeiffer, high school sex. Michelle Pfeiffer actually did the straddle <laughs> wheelie stunts that you saw in the movie. What? Yeah. That was actually her, where she's riding behind him on the motorcycle. Then she moves to the front. Oh, and God. And then they pop a wheelie. That She did that. I Very said impressive. out loud alone to myself, that is so dangerous. It really is. <laughs> Even I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Insurance. Uh, Tom Cruise auditioned for the role of Johnny, but the director wanted someone taller. So uh, sorry, Tom. Tom. Wait, the guy who played Johnny was teeny tiny. Yeah. <laughs> it's Tom his Cruise hair. is very teeny tiny. His hair, <laughs> his hair added 14 inches. But Adrian Zemed, who played Johnny, was uh, he was Danny Zuko on Broadway. So I think that's oh. why the director slash choreographer wanted him in that role. So, so sorry, funny. Tom Cruise. Like the original Danny Zuko or just uh, Danny? I don't know if he was the original Jan Danny Zuko. I don't know, if, Jonathan, I don't know if you know that or not, but I know that he played Danny Zuko on Broadway. So yeah. I think that was just an easy cast yeah. for her. Yeah. So, oh, originally planned to be a franchise of four movies. What? But when this one <laughs> oh, bombed, boy. Disney <laughs> bought the script to the third movie and destroyed it. Which became the first high school musical movie. <gasps> what? I, I love that. I did know that. I did know I that. I didn't know that. That blew yeah. my mind. I mean, that clearly they they I tinkered with it. But whenever I watch high school musical now, I'm gonna be like, even. oh my gosh, <laughs> this was at least three. I watched high school musical the night it premiered on the Disney Channel because I was in high school and liked musical. Right. And I was 15 minutes into it and I went, that's the same plot to Greece. <laughs> Somebody comes into high school, they fall in love, they sing the song or whatever. And then I found out uh, a couple years later that it was the working title was Grease 3. But yeah. I, wow. didn't, I didn't realize insane. how long that wow. process was. So crazy. Holy Moses. Uh, Maxwell I do Call love a high school yeah, musical. I, I yes. do too. And it totally makes sense. Like the, I mean, the, I, I haven't seen High School Musical. Oh, oh, <gasps> oh you're going to love them. You're going to love it. You, you should come back that? on our podcast for that. No, we haven't. Right. That would be amazing. Fair. We should That's do all fair. three. Yeah. We'll just keep <laughs> one night, in one sitting. Forth. We'll just keep ping pong in those shows back and forth. Get comfy. Uh, Maxwell Caulfield won the role over uh, numerous uh, musical talent of the day, including Sean Cassidy, Leif Garrett, Andy Gibb, and Rick Springfield. Wow. He was he was oh. hailed as like, and when he said this Weird movie choices. took him- Weird choices. Yeah. yeah. And when, when he said this movie, took it took him 10 
10 years for anyone to like cast him again after this movie. He was, he, he says himself, he was being hailed as like the next Richard Gere, which yes. leads me into my next oh. note is that Michelle Pfeiffer could not stand Maxwell Caulfield. So oh. whatever you see on the screen, it was completely acted and forced because apparently Maxwell Caulfield was really full of himself while he made this movie. So, well, he did have a book telling him how to be friends with people. It's while true. Bowling, and so I wrote, and Megan wrote good at it. Learn how to ask folks to bowl with you is what Megan wrote on the back of my notepad. But <laughs> the little blue book that he's walking in, he's like, hey guys, want to bowl a game? And I'm like, what fucking book does he have that he needs to learn how to talk to people before he goes into a bowling alley? I don't know, but I need that book. I need Review that book. of oh. Rants and hey Raves right there. I got two pieces of trivia. Go ahead. I'm curious if any of you know, there is the, so the, the pink ladies, the yes. one who is like Marilyn Monroe obsessed. Okay. Mm. She has Paulette. a famous mother. Does anybody know who her mother is? Mm-mm. The actress, not the character. Mm-mm. That's Lorna Left. Her mother is Judy Garland. Oh <gasps> my God. What? Yeah. Eliza? Her mom. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to. Her sister is Liza. Her mother is. sister is Liza Minnelli. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, number two? Yeah. So number two, this a bit a bit more far-fetched. All of you remember the character who was integral to the part named uh, to the, the story named Brad. Yeah. He was the guy who sang in the talent show with the twins. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Right? The one with the loafers. Yeah, yeah. So his his he's his name is Matt Lantanzi. <laughs> and um Olivia Newton John. Uh, held a New Year's Eve party for the cast because she was very supportive of Grease too. Oh, and she actually, this is where she met Matt Latanzi, who then later became her husband. They oh, met. Look at that. Yes. I thought it was going to turn into a murder And mystery. they're still together today. <laughs> Matt Matanzi is They dead. rode off on yeah. a white motorcycle. <laughs> yes. Off into the clouds. And my very last bit of trivia, and this is for you, Jules. Cher was originally signed on to play Paulette, but backed out at the last minute. Oh, <laughs> Everyone! See, if, this, <laughs> if this movie had fucking Cher, Tom Cruise, Leif Garrett, or Sean Cassidy, I'm like, Everyone's how much better would this movie face. be? I am gonna need wow. to screenshot. We will that screenshot and that and put, put that, that on our Instagram. In. Wow. Rocket is upset. Even Rocket, Rocket's Rocket's That blows my mind. You guys, her the career, chair? it could have ended. You it think really yeah. could have. You just, but oddly wow. enough, this didn't affect Michelle Pfeiffer's career at all, which is, no. which it's it, it, crazy. It, it was hers was the only career though that came we, out that's of true. right unscathed. You guys, know. she had a career, but we don't know how this negatively affected it. Maybe she was supposed to be the greatest actress of all time, and then you make. Grease too, and you end up where she's at. You know That's what I mean? True. Yeah, maybe yeah. she was the next Meryl Streep, and then right set up one too many for being Michelle no. Pfeiffer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. she's convinced me Michelle that she was in love with Michael Carrington, and if that's not range, yeah. I that, don't know hey, what is. that's not, yes. yeah, that's true talent. I'd buy that for a dollar. Absolute talent. All but right. <laughs> that brings us to the end of our official podcast, guys. Thank you Thank so you much so for much. being here. And what can we plug for you? What so What can we uh, let folks know to tune in and find out about y'all's? We're planning well, a season we have... two of our. Oh, which is too many of us talking. There's two people talking. <laughs> We've got season two of our podcast coming out very soon. We're right. very excited about. It. If you missed, if you, I don't know when this is coming out, but if you are, you can do that, do it. If not, 
all of season one is available everywhere you get podcasts it's called the thicket and thistle podcast it's delightful and it's amazing guys You're we right. we may have made an appearance on their podcast reviewing burlesque it's real you good. hadn't figured that out yet <laughs> maybe my favorite episode it is <laughs> definitely a highlight well that one's <laughs> good i also really enjoy the south park episode you guys did that <laughs> one's one of my favorites too that brings back a lot of memories that was me. a good one yeah. and um yeah. it, follow us on instagram at thicket and thistle fun just like follow everything we do yeah we're creating you know the oh, musical no. theater that we i'm awesome at promoting so, you know? yeah <laughs> yeah the future of musical theater is thicket and thistle so follow it's us true. now it's, it's true it's really wow. true i love your guys's i love your yeah. guys's shows like you guys write <laughs> yeah. such great shows okay everyone well thank you for tuning in and uh, be sure to subscribe to us on patreon you can go to patreon.com backslash simac podcast if you want to see us or hear our rants and raves and uh also to uh, be sure to you know subscribe on our social media Cinec yeah. Podcast and uh, while you're at it doing bullshit on your computer uh, why don't you go <laughs> ahead and subscribe to us Cinec Podcast wherever you find social media Facebook Twitter and Instagram all that jazz I think that's it and that's it yeah thanks for tuning in guys and we will see you next time bye, bye. <laughs> So I Married a Cinephile is hosted by Benjamin Farmer and Megan Carver it is produced by Molly McCarthy with original music by Tom McGovern. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Simac Podcast. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Simac Podcast. Subscribe today and help out all of the artists that make this podcast. So I'm married, I'm married to Simac.